Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks from Save One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities that dishonor human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God in human life than to reject His eternal salvation only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Today, our message is from a special guest. Our friend and mentor, Harry Stegman, will share his study of Psalm 51. Harry says this about himself and his background. Hello, my name is Harry Stegman. I am in my 79th year of walking with my Creator. Sometimes he urges me to write various things that seem to be on his mind. As to the significant influences which have touched my life, I would honor many individuals and name a few. In the study of Greek, Winifred Weider. In the study of Hebrew, H. L. Ellison. In Islamics, Henry Littlejohn. In Godly Life Principles, Mike Murdoch and Sam Arnott. In Friendship, Fred Newman and Ron Leach. In Love of Scriptures, Angelo Trena. In Love of Godly Discovery, Frank Taylor. In Overcoming, My Father and Mother and Each of My Children. In Determined Love of the Stranger, Lee and Jeannie Smith. And Long Ago, Jan Willem. For Leadership of Men, Frederick Tatford. These names mean much to me and to God. Though I spent much time in six or so schools, I have been a relatively poor student, but I do love the true parts of scholarship. So I try for myself to distinguish what is true from what is the excess weight of the traditional. And some of my conclusions I share with you all whose hearts desire the same beauty I pursue, the light of God's yearning. First, Jerry will read Psalm 51, that will be followed by Harry's in-depth study and analysis of Psalm 51. For the chief musician, a psalm by David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. My sin is constantly before me. Against you and you only I have sinned and done that which is evil in your sight, that you may be proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Behold, I was born in iniquity. In sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Don't throw me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips 
My mouth shall declare your praise, for you don't delight in sacrifice, or else I would give it. You have no pleasure in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do well in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of righteousness and burnt offerings and in whole burnt offerings. Then they will offer bulls on your altar. Psalm 51 contains a model. It records how a man may acceptably repent of a wrong and find what he needs to heal a damaged place of confidence with his Creator, his God. As I wanted to capture more fully how a present-day King David might express these thoughts, I was drawn into my own need of healing for my own circumstances. My issues are not the same as David's, but my need is certainly as great. And I suspect many others, maybe even you yourself, find in moments a sense that you also need confidence before your Creator, your God. Here is a model from King David. Let us each make use of its instruction before the unescapable moment when we speak with him face to face. Psalm 51 contains a brief explanation of how it came about. An incident is recorded in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 11. King David was at home. His army was at war. While on his roof, he saw a woman bathing, saw that she was very beautiful, and sent for her to come visit him. She was Bathsheba, a woman married to one of his soldiers. David ended up having an inappropriate sexual relationship with her. We are not told how long or how often this continued, only that she got pregnant. And everything the king did was soon common knowledge in town. David tried to cover the situation, but finally gave orders for Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, to find himself killed in battle. Then David married the widow. Problem solved, but not with God. God had a man who could be trusted and had put him next to King David. He was Nathan the prophet. Nathan was born into a family called Gibeonites, who could never be anything but slaves. Nathan could be no threat to David, so God gave Nathan a special message for David. Yes, David was angry that he, the king, was caught in his wrongdoings and God was not going to let it go. He knew how God had dealt with King Saul, and that did not end well for Saul. The baby died, adding to David's distress. I have heard speculations as to how long King David wrestled with this situation. It was not a quick or a shallow repentance, but as we hear his expression in this psalm, we hear a thorough and very deep articulation of a powerful man who wants a healed relationship with God more than anything else. For David, this was not the last of his griefs nor the end of his errors, but it is the only crisis with God that is an indelible stain on his legacy. Bathsheba raises another son, Solomon, who follows David as king and is among the great men of history, both for good and for evil. 
Nathan the Gibeonite slave influenced and served David's household and saw Solomon become king. Psalm 51 was made part of Asaph's ordered worship of God and much later as the nation returned from exile it was made part of the restored worship in Jerusalem. To understand why I use certain terms, let me explain what they mean and my uses of them. Four terms of God are distinct. Ale is the term for a strong supernatural entity within a designated area. The God of this mountain, this valley, the rain, our battles, etc. For most peoples, this is how they saw their gods with various powers. For the Hebrews, El was their god for every situation. Elohim is the ultimate power of all the Ales. Elim is the term for more than one Ale. Elohim with the infix Ha indicates the most exalted status among the Elim, the God of Gods. Yahweh is the one who makes covenant promise with man and keeps his covenant promise in unfailing relationship according to the terms of the covenant. Adon is the owner, the boss, the landlord, who is steward of all things created. Adonai is my Adon. Genesis chapter 1 shows Elohim is creator God. Genesis chapters 2 and 3 shows Yahweh Elohim is creator God who relates to man. David's wrongs, all actions against God and needing healing, are rebelliousness, crookedness, failings, pride, self-will, foolishness, and the shedding of bloods. His inner man included things not put there by the Creator. Hyssop, a common weed, was used to apply God's remedy. At the Egypt Passover, Hyssop applied the protection of a lamb's blood from the death angel. In cleansing from any uncleanness, Hyssop applied water, and a priest declared the unclean to be clean. The depravity of verse 5 is not because of sexual acts, but because man inherits no godlike goodness of nature. This model for repentance shows no holding back by self-justification, no secret kept hidden from God to use as an agenda to call him unjust or incomplete or erroneous because we think so. Freedom and delight are spontaneous responses in us as in him and not works to finish achievements to be rewarded. So here is how I hear David's heart in Psalm 51. Title, for the director, a David Psalm, at the coming to him of Nathan the prophet after David's sex with Bathsheba. Verse one, show mercy to me, O Elohim, in keeping with the kind of value you place on the terms of your own covenant promise of which you know that even I am a part, according to that vast resource of tender places which move your heart, wipe out the record, as I have been rebelling against you. Verse 2, over and over, wash me, scrub me from this perverse crookedness of my action, and as the result of this, my sin offering, 
let me be pronounced clean, free of guilt. Verse 3, for my rebellion, I especially know it inside and out, and my failure is constantly in my face. Verse 4, it is to you, to you singularly and specifically that I acted in failure. Yes, I broke in pieces in front of your eyes the rules of my Creator. The purposed end is this. You are just in your speaking of my sentence. You are morally pure in your judging, in your conclusions, in your sentencing. Verse 5. Now give this special scrutiny. It was in an act not free of depravity, such as mortal man is never without, that I was born. My mother conceived in sexual heat. Verse 6. Again, notice this. The favorable quality that you delight in, to reliably stay truthful, is what is in the concealed inner man. So in the place hidden within me, you will cause me to gain discernment and become wise in the practices of life. Verse 7. Cleanse me from every trace of sin. Do it with the hyssop scrub, so I may become clean. Wash and purify me, and I will be made clean, white as white, more than snow. Verse 8. Cause me to hear and proclaim to me joy and rejoicing. You awaken happy movement in the bones, my very strength, which you crushed fine to contrition. Verse 9. Hide your face from having to behold any idol provoking my sin and all my out-of-true ways of doing or being. Blot out every bit of them. Verse 10. A heart that is clean and pure, form in me, O Elohim, and a spirit which is true, that fix again within my inner being. Verse 11. Do not banish me from your face, your presence, and your Holy Spirit. Do not take him away from me. Verse 12. Cause to return to me what I have lost, the sensation of joy that comes when you set me free from my captivity by this my enemy. Even keep burdening me with a spirit which willingly and excellently yields to you, as befits a leader of men. Verse 13. I will make rebels become accustomed to the roads you take, and those missing your way will be returning again. Verse 14. Remove and set me free from the claims of bloods against me, O Elohim, the Elohim of my deliverance. I will shout my celebration with my tongue, your righteous character. Verse 15. O my master, owner, and boss of my total life, it is you who can release and open my lips from their prison cell. Then my mouth can proclaim your worthiness of honor and majesty. Verse 16, for it is not your delight, animal sacrifices, for that I would surely give, a burnt offering you will not enjoy. Verse 17, the presentations of sacrifice for Elohim are the spirit which is shattered, a shattered heart which is crushed and contrite, O Elohim, that you will not despise. Verse 18, do what is good in your delighted acceptance of Zion, where your glory shows itself. You will build the walls of Jerusalem. Verse 19. 
It is then you will be pleased with the sacrifices which are actually righteous, the burnt offerings and whole offerings. At that time and in that way, they will offer on your altar young bulls, your sacrifices. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. You can hear this message again on our website at saveonemorenow.org. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.